career in the Navy. I mean, it has shaped a lot of uh, what I am professionally as well as uh, personally. I made a decision to join at 19 years old. I wish I could say uh, I had I had it all planned out. I, I almost stumbled into cybersecurity. Let's dive into the topic of being laid off. How did you deal with it? Like you said, it's it's. It still hurts when we talk about it. I think what I did was, if I didn't do that, it would have quickly turned into sort of desperation mode. We advise is for anyone who's looking to make a change or has already made a change. Be, be cognizant of the fact that you have made a decision. Do your best to, to make the best out of that decision. Don't lose track of who you are. Sounds silly. It's the easiest being who you are. You said that you started uh building your brand in LinkedIn about a year and a half ago. What made you do that? So I asked myself one day, I said, okay, Lester, how many people do you think in your bank know who you are? And how many people know the quality of your work? Okay, if I'm lucky, maybe 40 people know who I am. Sort of spark a light and say, okay, I need to take back some control in my career where I am heading professionally. LinkedIn was my, my weapon of choice. Hi everyone, my guest today is Lester Chung. He was in the Navy and then he decided to leave the Navy and dive into a cybersecurity career in the corporate world. And it was a wise move because nowadays in the digital world, cybersecurity is such a great risk and uh, having a job there will give you quite a lot of pluses. But then uh, very recently, he uh, found himself being laid off. But that didn't stop him or slow him down because he used uh, this period in between jobs to write a book. So he put on paper or let me say digital book all his experiences so far in the cybersecurity world. So if you want to read and find out how to plan and how to execute a cybersecurity exercise, you can check the book out. But not only that, he's very active on LinkedIn. He has built a personal brand with 30,000 followers. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in. Okay, let's start. So who is Lester Chunk? What are these events and experiences that have um, created you and made you who you are today? So I think great question. So I spent a big chunk of my time uh, as a Naval officer and yeah, that has, that has shaped uh, my, my personal and professional life. So right now I'm transitioned into cybersecurity and I took a lot of uh, that skill sets and experience in the military to forge a career in cybersecurity. So when people always ask me who, who I am, I am a naval officer at my core and now I'm a, a cybersecurity professional. And also an, an author of a book, right? Yeah, it is on cybersecurity, but it's still a book. It requires writing, thinking, and publishing, which we're going to talk about a bit later. Lester, you're Singaporean, yes, right? Yes, that's right, Singaporean. Why did you move to Canada? Singapore, I mean, you have lived in Singapore for, and worked there for a while. Uh, I knew how my life would be maybe 20 years down the road if I remained in Singapore, especially if I continued my career in the Navy. Uh, it was very fixed. Everyone, everyone knew where everyone else was going, and it's, uh, I guess, fairly comfortable. And a lot of people appreciate that, that stability and and knowing where you are headed to. So I think my wife and I decided that okay, we know where we're headed to. 
yes, it will be very comfortable and we do enjoy it. But we, we started asking ourselves, okay, what are some alternatives? What if we tried something different? And yeah, that's what led to our decision to try something different and I guess change change what we where change where we were headed to and we just made the decision and try it out in Canada. You had, as you mentioned, wildly different career choices. <laughs> you know, you started from the from the Navy and then went to cybersecurity. You become became a writer. What led you to make these different choices? Why did you decide to go to the Navy? Why did you decide to leave? Why did you join cybersecurity? Can you walk us through this journey a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I think the, the decision to join the Navy, uh, I mean, in Singapore, there's a conscription. So all 18-year-old males uh, enter the um, compulsory military service in Singapore. I obviously stayed a bit longer. I stayed 14 years instead of uh, 24 months. I made a decision to join at 19 years old. I yeah. wish I could say uh, I, had, I had it all planned out and uh, that was, that was uh, <laughs> the, the, the dream job that I had. I actually applied to be an Air Force pilot. Uh, I didn't clear the medical on that. And yeah, so I, I, I looked at uh, the naval career. Fortunately, um, my my dad was a, a naval officer and he obviously had a lot of influence in, in my decision. He didn't force me to choose that path. He just laid, he just laid out the pros and cons for me. Uh, and yeah, let, let, let every wise 19 year old make his own decision, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it did turn out, I think for the better when I look back at times, um, because it did give me a very strong foundation, uh, on a lot of the core professional attributes that I, I, I hold dearly to now, um, yeah, which, which which I always uh, appreciate telling my story about my, my time in, in the military and how it has helped me uh, transition into the corporate world. I almost stumbled into cybersecurity. Um, when I moved to Canada, I, being a, when you move to a new area without a job and everything else that comes with life, your first focus is normally to stabilize with a job, right? So that's, that was my first goal. So I looked at my my skill sets and uh, experiences, and the first, I guess the first path that I I, I identified was in project management, uh, because it was the most a lot of uh, the military uh, professionals move into project management, because we are able to define a project like a mission and and accomplish the the, the project goals. So I moved into project management, and fortunately, I guess the first. Uh, project management office I, I I worked for was a cyber uh, PMO uh, and that sort of like opened my eyes into all whatever was happening in cyber security and yeah that's where I decided to continue to to grow my career um what are these most significant lessons you learned in the Navy which had the big impact on your career after that two things one is Resilience, uh, resiliency, resilience. Uh, it's funny that I, I served on a ship called uh, Resilience. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, at a, at, at, a, at a point in time, you don't really... I mean, the, the name of the ship 
is so important because it, it gives character and life to what is a floating matter of, of body, right? So it, it gives the entire crew a, a purpose, a mission, a set of values that we, we, we hold strongly to. And I, I wish I had that vision and, and open-mindedness when I was serving in the military um, that I could have appreciated it a bit better. But now that I've left and I've looked back at my career, I think resiliency is something that my time in the Navy has, has taught me well. And it's a something very close to my heart these days as well. And you said two. What is the second? Oh, that's right. So second is, I think, leadership. Leadership skills in the military. And we, I have been fortunate to um, been exposed to good leaders and methodological training of leadership. I think in the in the corporate world, it's mm, yeah. I don't know. I, ha I haven't been long in the corporate world to comment too much on the on, on the leadership abilities there. But I, I think there's a um, the the military. There's a reason why military needs good leaders, and there's there needs to be a purposeful way to train leadership which I think the corporate world has uh, spent a bit of time looking at how military leaders are grown. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a, a useful area to, to continue to, to grow in. Mm, interesting. But uh, you're right. The corporate world has to do better in training leaders, you know, who are looking a bit more long-term than short-term. Let's dive into your cybersecurity uh, career or years. What does this entail? And can you share some um, incidents which were, which would teach our listeners what is cybersecurity and, and why is it important? Yeah. So I think cybersecurity is starting to 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 grow in, in, in I won't say importance, but growing prominence. People are getting uh, unfortunately news upon news about cyber attacks and uh, how it impacts. Uh, individual, whether it's your loss of your data, you know, becoming uh, a fraud incident, or even how it's stopping operations of an entire company, uh, impacting, in, in, in some of the cases, in, impacting critical services, whether it's uh, healthcare, police, emergency services, it's, it's starting to impact real life. Uh, previously, previously, it's always like a corporate, corporate issue, corporate problem. Right now, People are, I think, especially uh, a lot of the impacts to sort of like your federal, municipal government, your your day to day services for your citizens, uh, and people are feeling it. So I think cybersecurity is starting to become part of mainstream life, um, which is good. I want to say good, which is which is help, helpful for the cybersecurity professional because we we do not. It's, it becomes easier to explain why this area of work is important. So having said that, I think looking at some of the I guess, incidents or, or learnings that we have in, in cybersecurity, I think one concept is that you nobody can be 100% secure or protected from a cyber attack. Large corporations are spending millions and millions just to, to ensure a sort of a minimum uh, hygiene, cyber hygiene, to protect uh, their enterprise, their data. Um, but I think the, the mindset shift has to take place sooner rather later that if 
cyber attacks are a when and not if, then, then I think it's important for every organization to examine what a bad day looks like and be best prepared for it. Because we know that we there's no way you can 100% prevent a bad day. So why not face it, face, face the problem uh, up front, talk about it, what a bad day really looks like to your company. And you're not going to have the perfect solution to solve that bad day because there's so many bad days that can happen. But if you go through that, that exercise, that rigor of uh, firstly being aware of what a bad day looks like, doing your best to, to prepare, and then if there are things to improve on immediately, we'll go, go put some emphasis on that. If there are things that are known gaps, but you don't you can't really solve for it for now, at least you, you know it early and try and mitigate that. So I think it's important that whether you're a small company, medium company, large enterprise, you got to ask yourself, are you ready for, what? firstly, what does a bad day, cyber-wise, what does a bad day look like? How ready are you? And what are some of the steps that you can take, um, given your current uh, posture towards cybersecurity? Let's dive into the topic of um, being laid off. I guess this is a, a topic that is very emotionally difficult and it's crushing to be laid off, right? But can you share for our listeners, how did you deal with it? It still hurts when we talk about it. Um, so I think what I did was, uh, firstly, it took some time to obviously digest the information. Um, and I think it's important not to react immediately because um, you don't want to make rest decisions uh, while you are emotionally charged so take some time take some time to recuperate and sort of gather your your your, your thoughts and feelings thoughts yeah. together and when i got laid off i quickly tried to hold on firstly hold on to who i am like your first question who am i what value do i have what experience do i have uh, and also i think more importantly what do I want to do next? Because it's easy to just start applying for any any role and any any job and take any job that comes along the way. If I didn't do that, it would have quickly turned into sort of desperation mode, which we see a, we see a lot of people doing, right? Because you lose a job, okay, you you just blind us on and focus on finding a job, and you just almost lose sense of where you want to go in the bigger picture um, and what really interests you or, or gives you that, that energy. And how do you pull yourself out of this? Important to start looking back at some of the key milestones that maybe you succeeded in, in in the previous years that gives you that sort of that comfort and assurance that, yeah, I'm, I am valuable just because someone that doesn't value my, my services at this time doesn't mean that value is, is, is gone. It's gone to that one particular company, but it's not gone to the entire professional world out there or even your, your personal self. And therefore, latching back quickly to some, I guess some of the quick wins in the recent years does help sort of reassure you that, okay, you're not obsolete to this world. 
you are someone who is able to bring value to whichever company that you choose to work for or even yourself. That's the best way before you start spiraling. It's like, oh, nobody wants me, nobody needs me. It's a, it's, it's, it's a dangerous, sleepy, slippery slope that we unfortunately see some people quickly falling down. And uh, did you speak to somebody? Who, who did you turn to? Did you have any resources, any friends, any mentors to help you? Um, yeah, I, I think there were a few people that uh, I, I knew that they knew who I was and the, the, the values and strength that I, I, I bring to any organization. So I think it's important to uh, have this, this group of people you may not need to be very close to. I think that's, mm. that's fine. Obviously, if you have a, a, a group, close, close group of whether strong mentors, peers, then that would be useful. But it's not necessary uh, in order for you to, to, I guess, stabilize yourself. Have a few people that understand and appreciate your work. Um, and of course, these relationships need to be built early on. Right, it can't be like I lose my job and I just reach out to any, you know, any, please, please console me, tell me how good I am, or <laughs> be like, oh, you know, I don't really care about you. So I think those those networks and those um, relationship needs time to to nurture and build. Like any strong relationship, it, it takes time. It takes a bit of um, interaction, uh, knowing each other. I think that will help in times of need and. I think don't be afraid to to reach out to people that you have interacted with uh, for uh, maybe it's even a short period of time. That's fine, um, but don't don't be afraid to to ask for help and um, just a lot of people have a lot of experience going through things that you, to to me it may be the first time. To some other people, I've I've read like <laughs> they've gone through this layoff four times in the last five years. I thought, oh, I can't even imagine, can't even imagine what that feels like to, to reach out and people have, have things to, to help and share. Yeah, there was a lot of layoffs, a lot of layoffs in the tech companies, the layoffs in the bank. So a lot of people found themselves in the same situation. But you found a job in record time. So um, what did you do? Can you give some advice? What did you do to find jobs so quickly in the current time when when it's difficult? It's really difficult to find any job. I didn't immediately go into the, the job hunting mode. So I, I, I took a bit of time to map out what the next three months looked like after, after a, a layoff. Um, identify some of the things that Maybe I couldn't have done when I was on a full-time role, like writing a book, like uh, participating more in webinars or, or, or podcasts. You couldn't really do that on a full-time job as much as you, as much as I, I wanted to. You you would always have to um, submit more applications because you don't know what you don't know what you may get. My first approach was to really think about who I am, where I want to go rather than jump into job search mode because we all know job search mode can be frustrating. <laughs> yeah, very frustrating. So did you go did you go um, applying or did you try you know work through your network? What what was the 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 ways you looked for jobs? So I think both. 
and I, I was fortunate to take LinkedIn seriously for about a year and a half before I was laid off. And I think that was that really saved my mind, <laughs> saved my mental state. Your my mind. mind. Yeah, it really did save yeah. my mind in a few ways. And yeah, I think the, 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 the job search was really one of, to be blunt, one of the benefits of networking on LinkedIn, right? It's, 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 it's yeah. So yes, I continue to search, but I also mm, approach many, 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 I had a lot of uh, informal interviews because people knew what I could bring to their company. Um, and because my area of work was fairly niche, um, most of them don't have a ready role for me, right? Because um, they don't have either a current function or a particular professional service that they can provide. And therefore, a lot of the interviews were, were informal. Uh, and if, uh, it's a bit, how do I put it? I think if the economy was in a much better state than now, where people had a, a clearer path of their budgets in six months' time, I think I'll probably be choosing from 10 different offers rather than a, a few that I have um, just because of, of budget projections and what they can uh, take on, the, the amount of risk that they take on. Right now, everyone's just happy to sit on sit on their thumbs for the next six months, right? And, and I, I think that's where, yeah, but I'm still fortunate to be able to have a, a, a few offers that I, I, I could choose from. Let's talk about the book. How did the idea come about? The book is something that yeah, I was fortunate to be able to write because it was directly the direct work that I have been doing over the last three and a half, four years. Um, and I think what motivated me to write it is that when I when I started it, started uh, doing exercises in the cybersecurity space, um, I did my research on, okay, what's the available uh, information, information and literature out there to be able to help someone who is new to cyber, someone who has no idea how, I mean, I knew exercises in, in the military perspective, but it's, it's wildly different from a corporate setting. Um, so I, I, yeah, I tried researching there. There were a lot of frameworks and reference books that I probably fell asleep several times reading it. <laughs> helpful to structure, but not helpful in execution. Uh, and therefore, that was my motivation to, as, as to someone who has done it and gone through the pains of uh, running some of these exercises. Uh, I wanted to capture. Uh, initially, I think it was just for me and to consolidate my learning and to help uh, people in the similar places. It, it helps me point to something it, it's, it sounds funny, right? But it points to something tangible that uh, you can say that, okay, I have done this. Uh, it's out there in the world to, for everyone else to enjoy and hopefully gain from it. Yeah, I wish I knew all this before I started writing. I, I don't, right? When I publish and I say, I was like, okay, right now it's it's coming slowly. And like I mentioned, my first book, uh, I'm still learning a lot of the, whether it's marketing it, whether it's writing it, whether it's the maybe even a year and a half ago, I started writing about it. Uh, but I've, the, the inklings of a book probably started maybe three to four months ago where I sort of struck. So how it started was I wanted to plan out a 
posting carousel calendar calendar i i, I planned out a four months calendar about uh, what subtopics do i want to talk about in in this area and that built so i built a four month calendar about uh, what i want to write about and eventually it uh, sort of fell into place that, okay this starting to look like a, a, a structure of a book that I wanted to consolidate and yeah, be able to, for someone, because you see, the internet has so much information, right? You can Google something, you can go yeah. somewhere, but it's in all different places and it's hard for someone who wants to find the, dir- to, to yeah, the direct answers. I think how I wanted to differentiate it is for someone who wants to quickly learn and uh, go through maybe even emotional experiences of what I went through and le- a lot of the lessons that uh, sometimes your frameworks, your references, I mean, you were from banking, you, you read through all those guidelines. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can't get through that. I would so wanted to deliver immediately. This is how to do it. This is what you will go through. These are some of the pains. This is how to prevent those pains. And I think that was how I how it all came into a book and said, okay, I, I, I want to deliver this and hopefully... And I think it's an area where it's growing in space, running exercises in the in the corporate world, uh, and therefore, I think the knowledge and the timing as well sort of gave me the motivation. Like, okay, more people are going to need this soon, sooner rather than later, and I, I wanted to to ship it as early as possible. No, absolutely, and that's that's one type of side gig right so you make one another etc you're just writing about your experience firsthand so it's it's good a lot of people will be interested so that's that's very good um side i wouldn't call it business but but side interest side hobby right which also brings money because you sell the book so it is possible in a short period of time because you said you started writing maybe what six months writing a book Publishing it, marketing it, just I'm still learning day to day of what to do. It's like you mentioned, it's almost like running your own business, even though it's a very short project. But yeah, all the things you learn from doing it, it's much I I, I gain much more from it. When my next book comes up, I think I'll be much better prepared as well. Absolutely, I'm sure. Okay, so so you had so many diverse experiences. What will be your uh, three top advice to people who want to change? Want to change profession, want to change industry, want to change career, similar to the way you did it? What are the top three? So I ask myself this question a lot of times, right? especially when I moved from, from Singapore to Canada, out of the military. And I ask, Singapore is a comfortable place to retreat back to right? it's easy it's I, I i guess it would be easy for me to lose heart and say okay let's screw this let's pack everything and go back home to singapore because yeah. it's, it's such a comfortable <laughs> comfortable place to to return to so i think one of the key lessons i i took and decided is my wife and i said that okay we made we made a decision to move let's make sure that we make it successful and don't keep looking back. Because once you start looking back, uh, all the what if, what if, what if, what if. Um, second is really 
I don't know why I keep going back to your, your first question. Who, who, who I am. So don't lose sight of who you are. Um, you, you have valuable experience and uh, skill sets to, um, that will be valuable to someone. So don't lose track of who you are uh, because that would sound silly. It's the easiest being who you are, right? Once, once you start <laughs> trying to be someone you're not, um, yes, there may be a path of growth and we, sure, we can always transform to someone you're not. But I think a lot of the core character of who you are, it's easier to be comfortable with that and then grow in skills, grow in experience. But if you are trying to change your character, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be a struggle of changing who you are at, at, at the core. Um, so that's the second. And I think the third one is just being open-minded and learn, uh, learning. Like for me, just learning on how to network on LinkedIn, how to build a personal brand. I only started doing that a year and a half ago. And I think it's important to constantly learn and be open to it um, to be able to understand that what works yesterday may not work tomorrow. And, and therefore, it's... You have to keep your keep your keep your mind and eyes open to constantly uh, learn and evolve. And I think no topic can go without AI. If we don't do that, we don't learn. Like even AI, when I initially started this, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to learn. And now, like every other day, there's so many tools coming out. And we we we, if your mind is shut off to, oh, I don't want to learn anything about AI. Just imagine how far you'll be behind in six months, one year time. Yeah. So we can't, we can't afford to, to close off to, to any new areas. Yeah. Okay, you started talking about uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and it's a topic I like very much because um, LinkedIn has had a great impact on, on my career, especially after I left uh, the corporate world. So you said that you started working, uh, started uh, building your brand in LinkedIn about a year and a half ago. What made you do that? There were three points in, in the last year and a half to two years that I said, okay, I need to do something about it. So I think the first one was when, and everyone can relate to this, when you spend like 20 hours over the weekend writing a deck for your boss, Monday morning, he cuts 80% of it, spends five minutes, cuts 80% of it and say, okay, we just need two slides. He passes it to his boss. Uh, let's cut out. I just need one slide. <laughs> I was like, okay. I just spent 20 hours for two people to spend five minutes and cut 90% of the work. So I thought, okay, how can I, how can I extract that wisdom and information and obviously desensitize the information that you have, but share it with uh, people to, to sort of capture my, my thought process, my, my critical thinking about that body of work and not let it go to waste, right? Because to be fair, it whatever, it has gone to waste, right? No one cares about the, the 20 hours that you work. Yes, that, that one yeah. slide may be very important, sure. But I, I wanted to be able to capture that the effort. So that's one. The second, I asked myself, mm, my work already touches a lot of departments, right? Uh, whether it's legal, comm, cyber, fraud, and I've the opportunity to speak to uh, senior people and also the, the operators. So I asked myself one day, say, okay, Lester, how many people do you think in your bank know who you are? 
and how many people know the quality of your work. So I was just thinking myself, okay, if I'm lucky, maybe 40 people know who I am. <laughs> and maybe, I don't know, five people know the quality of my work. So I was like, okay, am I working like 40 hour weeks just so that 40 people can know me? So that was, that was my second impetus to say, okay, how then do I put it in front of a larger audience? I don't waste the work that I'm doing. So that's the second. And the third one was, I guess, the most useful. I asked myself, what would I do if I were lose to my, will lose my job tomorrow? Uh, so I, I wrote it down on a paper. I was like, update resume, search for a job, and apply for jobs. Then I, I look at the paper. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm screwed. If this is, my, this is my response plan to that, I wouldn't find a job that I would enjoy doing. And I think those three instances sort of sparked a light and said, okay, I need to take back some control um, in my career. I need to take back some control of where I am heading professionally. And LinkedIn was sort of just my, my weapon of choice, right? Um, and that's where uh, I think for most professionals, LinkedIn would be the most ideal platform for you to be able to start to explore and grow in. Great. Um, and when you started, can you give us a blueprint? So what did you do first? What did you do second? How, how many times you post? So if somebody is listening and wants to do the same, start branding, start building their brand on LinkedIn, what should they do? One, two, three, four, five. So I think the first is to, so I broke it down into four C's. Create, connect, comment, collaborate. So those are sort of, when I look back on my journey, it sort of falls into those four four buckets. A bo bonus bucket C is context. Again, who am I, right? The first C, who am I context? Why, what are you about? What's your brand? And then you start creating your profile, creating posts, connecting with people that you want to be connected with. Commenting is, I think, uh, sort of like the secret sauce of LinkedIn is commenting. People not, may not know, but I think commenting is probably what got you and me connected as well, right? Yeah. And, and then here, here we are in the last C collaboration, uh, being on, on, on podcast, writing joint articles, uh, meeting people in real life, networking sessions. So I think that's the, the final C, so to speak. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a very interesting discussion. And um, I wish you all the best. Uh, let me know how the book sells. I hope it goes well. And all the best. Thank you, Annie. So I always, always appreciate. I, I, I never take for granted being invited to, to, to podcast to share about uh, my experience. And yeah, I hope it sort of inspires anyone who is on the fence on personal branding, LinkedIn. There's no fence. Just go over the other side and, and start that journey. You'll never... There's no... No one is going to give you permission. No one's going to come to you and say, hey, yeah, you're ready to share your story now. No, it's never going to, it's never going to come. Just make that decision. Um, it's just going to be more and more important. As the world gets confused, they're going to look for people who know who they are and, and resonate with them. So yeah. start that, start building about who you are. Everyone has a unique story to share. So it takes time to, to build it. Don't, don't wait. 
don't wait another five years to, to, to start their journey. This is all for today. Thank you for being with me till the end. And before you go, I have a huge favor to ask. Would you please subscribe or leave a message and send us any comments and recommendations? The more we hear from you, the better this podcast will be. Thank you for now and see you in the next episode.